0: monday which means only one thing it's time for another episode of the offensive zone show the podcast where we break down the nhl piece by piece joining me as always are my two hockey heroes jp and max uh, good morning to you both hope you're both doing okay doing good ian how you yeah. doing man doing good except the uh, water problems <laughs> yeah, except for the fact your your house is currently flooding, but other than that, other than that, we're you're fine. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm good. We'll we'll cover the reasons why maybe not so good later in this podcast. But I'm um, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, so as always, we have a stacked show for you today. Um, but this is going to be a podcast with a bit of a difference. So we're going to be taking a deep dive into a team. Uh, and the first team that we're going to do that to, of course, is my Seattle Kraken who it would be safe to say, and no jingles needed for this bit, they're not having the best of times at the moment. Um, But before we get into all things uh, Kraken-related, good and bad, uh, we're going to cover the news as we always do. So let's get into that with the jingle. Okay, so the first piece of news that we have is something which uh, slipped through the goalie's pads five-hole style on us last week. Uh, where, and I should have picked up on this, given that I keep telling you all that I support the Kraken, um, but i for, kind of forgot to mention in the news last week that that we had the thirty-second AHL team, which was announced, obviously Seattle's affiliate team, uh, which will be based in and um jp you're gonna to have to help me here but i presume it's pronounced coachella that's usually how people say it
1: yeah coachella yeah
0: nice nice there you go i'm, I'm, I'm nearly a uh, honorary honorary yank i'm nearly there coachella valley in palm springs um and they're going to be known as the firebirds uh, i don't know if you guys have seen the logo if you have got any thoughts on that i'm i like it man i think it looks good
1: yeah i'm looking at it right now i just looked it up that's beautiful man. that's uh, mm-hmm. It would be cool to see something like that in the NHL. I I love that, man. That's a great, uh, Mm -hmm. great logo. They did a good job with it.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, the the marketing team, to be honest, behind both the Kraken and the Firebirds, I mean, they've nailed logos, jerseys, color schemes. They've nailed that. So uh, yeah, it looks looks, looks brilliant. So
1: kind of cool too. It's like two mythical creatures, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. connected in that way, right? It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And well, the Firebirds was actually one of the names that they thought, the Seattle team might take themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess with the other Seattle team based in one of the uh, junior leagues, I think they're called, I want to say it's the Thunderbirds or something like that. Um, I think they thought it was a bit close to that, but I, I think it sounds great and it looks great. So I'm all for it. Uh, and for those of people that have NHL 22, obviously the, the latest game from EA Sports, you'll know that the AHL team for Seattle in that is... Awful, it's the like this pineapples. crazy exactly. This weird pineapple. Lo- no, it's a pineapple <laughs> logo. I mean, like, i look okay. I don't live in Seattle, but for those people who are you know, listen to this podcast, uh, and thank you very much. Um, but for those of you that are based in Seattle, please tell me if there's any correlation between Seattle and pineapples because I would have thought you're probably a good couple of hundred miles away from anybody (laughs) who's rocking pineapples um so how did that one make it through that's weird man i don't know you you assume that was a friday afternoon yeah in the the ea office you know they're all they're all done for the week and somebody goes oh man we haven't we haven't done the logo yet for the ahl team for seattle and someone just goes just shove a pineapple, man. Leave it that. And then they walk out. So because there seems to be no, no they, logic. they
1: were definitely up against a deadline, no doubt about it. Yeah. They were like, oh, this is this is due. This is due on Monday. We've got to finish it. Don't have time. <laughs> it's not priority. Pineapples, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Pineapples, man. Pineapples.
0: Um so yeah, so Firebirds is is better than pineapples, and that's 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 what we're going with here. Much um, better. Moving from uh pineapples uh, to uh, gold stars here, so we had the legends of the game, uh, where we had six people that were inducted into the hockey Hall of Fame, uh, and obviously we had two years worth because there wasn't the one, well, there wasn't the ceremony done last year um, because of COVID. Uh, but just to run through the list, so we had Doug Wilson, obviously ex Chicago Blackhawk, but current GM of the St. Louis Blues. Um, uh, nope, that's not right. Current GM of the San Jose Sharks, I think. No, that's, that's making me think of myself. Now. I've written down St. So Louis blues here, but I know that that's wrong because <laughs> it's his, that's Doug Armstrong. So it's a Doug, but it's not that one. It is the San Jose Sharks. So, um, hey ho, look, there you go. We, we, we never claim to get everything right. So just for uh, for those that think that we uh, <laughs> we know it all, clearly we don't. Um, the next one is Kim St-Pierre, uh, who is a Canadian women's Olympic team multiple um, medalist with them. So great to see her getting inducted in. Uh, Kevin Lowe, who played for both the Edmonton Oilers and the Rangers. Jerome Iginla, who is literally a living legend, um, obviously with the Calgary Flames. Marion Hosa. Who is one of my favorite players of all time? I'm quite really happy good. to say that. Like, he's literally one of the reasons why I love, well, I fell in love with, with hockey. I mean, he is an, a legend. Uh, a career cut short, unfortunately, with him. Uh, Ken Holland was the last of the six. Who is the current GM of the Edmonton Oilers? That definitely is right because I saw it on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but was the GM of Detroit obviously for many years before that? So great to see us being able to get back to normality with these sorts of uh, you know these sorts of events, these sorts of uh, shows. So uh, and six six people worthy of of Hall of Fame induction induction there. Um, in terms of news, the only other couple of bits we have are all. Related to health, but uh, so we'll save the non-health one I've got on this list to last because it's probably the most upbeat one. Um, Jake Allen left the Canadians game uh, against the Red Wings after a collision with Dylan Larkin. It looks like he's going to be out for a little while. Um, Max, I don't know if you know anything more on this. Is is, is he likely to be out for a reasonable amount of time?
2: Um, at first, from what I heard, he um, was mm-hmm. supposed to be back in the second period but, um, mm. I think it's, uh, I don't know it said it in English. Is it, uh, the, the protocol,
0: uh, the, um, concussion protocol? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Concussion protocol. And, uh, from what I heard from, uh, Duchamp, he, he said that, uh, during the concussion protocol thing were things were not going well. So they decided to go with multiple, um, mm. and yeah, they just called, uh, Pri- uh, Caden Primo from the, Level uh, Laval rocket. So in my opinion, he's it, gonna be gone for, a. Uh, a little while maybe a week or two it it will really depend on the and uh how um how strong was his uh, was the hit and the concussion
0: hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there you go, Max, you're making those names sound immense. Again, if, if me or JP said either of those two players, they wouldn't sound anywhere near as good as that. So, <laughs> Look,
2: um, I'm actually trying yeah. to say it well, because otherwise I'll try to give myself a,
0: an English accent to say it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't
1: do that.
0: Don't do that. The, 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 the other one was obviously Carrie price. So he's, he's back. Um, with the team in kind of one sense. And, um, but we did find out a little bit more about his absence over uh, the last couple of months. And obviously he revealed that it was related to substance abuse. I, I I didn't see which, you know, what it was or anything more than that. And to be honest, we probably, you know, we don't really need to know the details that's, that's for him and, and him alone, but it looks like there's still no real ta- uh, timetable for his return. Um, again, Max, I'm, I'm coming to you on this, but it's 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 a good sign that he had he had the kind of mental strength to be able to come out and tell everybody why it was that he took that time it's it's bad that it sounds like he suffered he suffered for a little while with this and obviously suffered in silence which is never good um but I'm guessing that in terms of timetable for him this year it's it's going to be long term isn't it
2: um yeah kind of long term um announced that uh is a rehabilitation to come back in, in and play uh, are going to be through four steps and he already gathered the fir- the first step so he's on the already the, the second step and he's going to be back on the ice uh, this week apparently just just to skate uh, alone uh, mm. and then it's going to be practice with teammates and then he's going to be back to, uh, to 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 the game but uh, like like you said it needs to take time because this is the kind of, uh, thing that, uh, you know, he have not played for a while and, and just being able to step back from hockey and just, like you said, being honest about his problems. Uh, honestly, it's really, it is, he's, he's, he's really looking like he's in, in good shape. Like, um, I think his, uh, wife, uh, shared a couple of pics of, uh, him recently and he is looking clearly, clearly better and more, uh, enthusiastic and and all and everybody kind of have their takes on you know what was his substance abuse or everything but i i do think it's about the painkillers because this guy has a massive history of injuries and honestly yeah uh, yeah painkillers you can get addicted to it too so honestly this this is my personal take and i just think it's really great that he he really came out in public because you know if uh, someone from uh, I don't know uh, um, uh, Arizona Coyote player says told uh, the 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 fans that he's addicted to substance and all that, and all that stuff, it it won't have the same impact as Carry Price does it in Montreal because you know as soon as the news was uh, was up. I remember it. it was on every single TV channel. Every single page was talking about it, and it's just it's just an heroic, uh, heroic uh, movement from him because from a lot of people that don't doesn't really want to talk about their problems, he just open up, and now they can they can just take him as an example. So yeah, really once again, re- really good move by him.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I, I admire his strength to be able to come out and talk about it like he has done. Um, and sometimes people in his position, they may seem invincible and bulletproof because of what they do. And they may seem like, you know, they've got the life that we would all love to live because they've got the money, the fame. the And again, at the end of the day, he's getting to do a sport that he clearly loves and get paid for it. So, you know, what, what's he got to worry about, but the, the amount of pressure that these guys are under and they put under them themselves because they want to win, you know, it, it does lead to stuff like this. So you know, I, I don't know the four steps, but I'm guessing one of them was admitting it to himself and being able to admit it to others, which he's obviously clearly done. So, um, you know, this may be the return of, of Carey price. People were questioning why his numbers weren't there over 82 games for the last couple of years well yeah maybe this kind of refresh restart is we're going to see carry price literally you know carry price of years I, gone by so
2: i completely agree and jake allen in an interview recently said i know that when he's going to be back he's going to be better than he was and you know it, it says it all it says it all i do think last year you know uh, a lot of people were like okay price is down price is not it's not a, an elite goalie anymore but I think this was the main issue right there
0: yeah yeah well let's get him back and uh and, and see see what you got there once he once he's back but yeah um, yeah it was, it was good to, it was good to see and then the last piece of news uh was the l a Kings honored uh, Snoop Doggy Dog in a special night for him. Uh, obviously, he's a well-known hockey fan and lifelong Kings fan. He's done loads of stuff with the sport. He's been on All-Star Games. He's been on the ice, if I this remember right, a couple everything. of years ago. He, does, yeah, <laughs> he, he loves it, doesn't he? I think it's, it's great. great. So it's a call of the Kings to, to honor him um, with, with a special night. So, so there you go. So it wasn't all bad news, uh, but that is our news. Well, I think I, I got one news, maybe. Sorry, Max. You were going to say something then. Pal. It's, it's all right. Um, I, I don't. I don't
2: think um, we talked about this. Um, it's, I, I think it, it was the and the GM uh, who took a who took a leave because of his uh, alcohol problems. I think. And, and th- there was uh, right. At first, there was an invis- investigation started on him because uh, there was um anger there was anger issues and he was uh, intimidating a lot of people in the organization organization and mm. yeah he just um released a statement on twitter and just said uh, that he, he's going to, he's going to rehab and just treat his problems and he was apologizing for for uh, every single thing that he done Uh, But it it, it was pretty surprising, pretty surprising for me because, uh, you know, this guy has
0: has been in the organization for
2: uh, the the past 15 years.
0: Mm. And a player, obviously, before that, Bob, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making a run of, of completely messing up GMs and their names and their jobs. But I am pretty certain his name's Bob Murray, but uh, um, he, yeah, you're right. He, he, and obviously the Anaheim Ducks organization post on Twitter. I, I thought that was last week, but you, you're probably right. I think it was a Monday actually when it, when it all mm-hmm. came, when it all broke. So um, yeah, there you go. But you've, you've ruined it wanting to finish on a, on a happy note, there, Max, <laughs> because that's a down. <laughs> but, but you are right to include it because it was a massive piece of news because they've now got um, a guy who's taken over. Their assistant GMs gone in, and I believe his surname is Salmon, if I remember right, and, but he's uh, he's taken over. Solomon, um, I think. S-O-L-O-M-O-N. That's the only reason I know. Now you see, if we go back to NHL 22, if they're called the affiliate team the Salmons, <laughs> given everything with seattle that i understand but just not pineapples um but yeah. solomon yeah so I, this is a bad day couldn't So i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> take okay. restart and just go back just go. No, i'm not really i'm not really so um <laughs> but anyway, if this is the first time listening to this podcast what i would say is I'm normally better than this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Sunday night. What can I say? What can I say? Um, but yeah, whoever that guy is, he's taken over, and he said his first his first press conference. He pretty much came out and said, "I'm not going to do anything different." Almost like a, "Don't worry, guys, I'm not one, like one hundred eighty degrees changing changing direction here." He kind of came out and said, "We're we'll sticking to the plan," because um, right. to be fair, the Anaheim Ducks, a they look fantastic. Um, you're winning a lot yeah they're winning games that people didn't people thought they were going to be including myself thought they were going to be kind of bringing up the rear of the division with with the kings um but what the hell do i know because they're not and neither are the kings um but so he doesn't really need to do just keep keep that ship steadied so the duck's looking Really good. I mean, talking to things that are looking really good, and um, before we depress everybody on this podcast by talking about Seattle, um, let's let's flip it over to the Golden Knights just for a second because you guys and I'm coming obviously JP for you on this one. You're on a bit of a run right now, looking maybe the Knights of old.
1: Yeah, they've won eight out of the last ten. I mean, that's a four out of five game clip, which is that's division winning pace. I mean, that's even, that's even like president's trophy winning pace for the last 10 games. And they're doing it with, I want to say something like $30 million in salary. That's correct. Unavailable because of injury. So I don't know what's going on the, the team's obviously just buying in, you know, they're all buying in and they've sort of settled in and figured out how to work with each other. I mean, it's, there's all these young rookies and, you know, AHL guys that are you know now contributing as well so it's pretty cool i mean the, the fans are all really happy about it i'm sort of flabbergasted i couldn't really tell you how they're managing to pull that off other than the organization is much deeper th- than probably everybody even realizes i mean I, I think that's probably just what it boils down to is and they're all buying into the same systems and they've found some leadership so we'll enjoy it while it lasts i mean yeah it's, it's impressive they're right back they're in a wild card spot right now as we speak and um I want to say two points, two points out of first, which doesn't tell the whole story because the Oilers have, I think, three games in hand, so they're not as close as it sounds. But um, considering how poorly they started, um, most Knights fans are pretty happy about what's going on right now. Mm. Well, well, just to just to run through the division here, um, so Minnesota are currently
0: top, um, like you said. Um, you know, they were, Edmonton do have a game in hand on them, and they're on twenty points. Um, as are Minnesota. So effectively, Edmonton are top of the West. Presuming they get at least a point from the game they've got in hand. But um, Vegas Golden Knights, fifteen games played at six hundred. You know, in terms of the the point percentage. And I remember on a podcast not that long ago, you know, you were saying as long as you keep it to five hundred, when the guys get healthy, it's going to be good. And I, th- I think Vegas are exceeding expectations at the moment, given the amount of injuries they've had. But yeah. you've, you've had guys that have stepped up you know obviously the panda himself uh, mm. Robin Leonard is, is he's been fantastic he's been absolute rock um, and interestingly um, there's a there's a website called uh, moneypuck.com um, and uh, I, I did I used it for some of the analysis I did on Seattle but it, it shows you goalie stats and, and importantly it shows you adjusted goalie stats and Lennar's adjusted goalie stats numbers are immense when you take into account the percentage of high danger chances he was facing less so in the last couple of games but, but obviously you know across the kind of 15 games far higher percentage than some other goalies have faced so to have his safe percentage right now you know he really is he's looking seriously good this year which is great
1: he's he's totally in the zone and um brozois is um is actually playing really well too he had a bit of a rough start a couple games ago, but the coach was kind of like, look, that's on us. We weren't playing him enough. And Mm -hmm. so now they're actually talking like they're going to kind of go two and one, two and one. Like that's sort of what like Brozois playing well enough when he's got his groove that they feel like they're going to, you know, Leonard gets two games, Brozois gets one, Leonard gets two, Brozois gets one. So they're, they're kind of figuring out that rhythm, but yeah, Leonard's dialed in, no doubt about it. He is in the zone back there. So, so that's helping a lot, right? If, if, if he weren't dialed in, I don't think the record would be quite this good because he's certainly – there have been some periods where you're like, it's all Leonard right back there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where he's totally keeping them alive. And actually, last night's game, they went down 2 nothing early. So you're thinking that that game's over before it even starts, you know, against Vancouver. And then somehow the, the game ended 7-4 nights. It's just wacky. It was a <laughs> wacky game. You're like, how did that happen? Um, so I don't know. There's must be something in the water there there must be mate and and
0: <laughs> i i i can't stand um and this is so i, I people won't be able to hear because i, I mute the mic in between now, but i was just dragging my soapbox out ready to to get on it in a minute but the like pulling the goalie like the amount of empty net goals this year is immense like I guess, yeah. like 5 minutes and they're pulling the goalie and you think you guys just just chill out will you like it just it's it's not like this magic bullet that when you pull the goalie it's like man they've got an extra player on the ice my god how are we going to cope like they normally mm. cope absolutely fine and mm. then they score within about three or maybe this is just a cracking but they score within about three seconds of pulling the goalie
1: and you think thanks mate you've just killed the game um, pull, pulling but, the goalie yeah. is super high risk yeah so yeah, it's, it's just, sort of a you feel like it's a last minute like a desperation thing but you're right some teams are pulling the pulling the keeper really, really early quick. aren't they this year yeah yeah so you know there must be
0: some kind of some stats somewhere that shows that it works so all, you know you, know, you yeah. know, it's, it's a copycat league isn't it one person does it and it wins them the game and everyone's like, like man, man we've got to start putting the
1: goalie earlier but yeah. um
0: yeah i just yeah.
1: it could just be down so, to like a stat that it's like well we have a slightly better chance if we pull them earlier right like that's all it would take is yeah. for the stat to lean slightly <laughs> in that direction and they're gonna go with it right yeah i would um
0: yeah when i say at work i'll I'll get on board, but until then, <laughs> yeah. I just you know, like you, you're watching it live, and you see the little box appear in the top right hand corner. And they show the goalie kind of off, he goes skating away, and there's like little yeah. slow motion skate to the to the bench, uh, and I'm just sat there thinking, oh, for God's sake, this is this is gonna go <laughs> bear shaped. Um, and to be fair, the guys are so good now at flipping the puck. You'll see defensemen in their own zone. Flick it over the other team's defenseman and just slide it in. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it, like empty net goals aren't this thing where you have to get into the person's offensive zone anymore. Like the, the D now they must practice it, you know, in the week. But like they they're seriously good at that. Almost like a hockey, a, a hockey, a golf kind of like chip shot over for <laughs> everybody and in. At end, oh, so. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: There you go. There we go. Okay, right. Well, we said we were gonna talk about it. So we are. Uh, which means I am going to have to flick between two my other set of notes. Right, that's how serious this is now. Okay, we've gone to a second second set of notes, um, and we're going to talk about the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> I've got to be able to laugh about it, guys. I <laughs> <frank, right? laughs> <let's kind> of, <laughs> uh, will just be afraid, right? Let's go. Otherwise, the tears start coming out. So, the way that what I've called this segment is uh, "bad luck?" question mark bad start question mark or just bad uh, and that's the way that's the way that I looked at it when I've when i kind of broken down the Seattle so far you know the, the 15 games that we've played I think it's 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 been a bit of a mix and I was trying to work out whether or not we've been unlucky because some games it feels like we have been whether or not it was just a bad start and people need to pump the brakes or if actually statistically when you break down all the stuff behind the numbers and now, we all love our fancy stats that actually we're just bad, <laughs> right? Because it's in life, you and, and on the sort of run that that, C, that Seattle are on right now, you're going to fall into one of those three categories, you know, first and foremost. Now, I'm going to caveat this because there might be people listening to this podcast that haven't heard it before. Uh, I do follow the Seattle Kraken, I would class myself as a fan, um, I like to think I'm unbiased. Uh, everyone else will tell me <laughs> whether yeah, it's true it's, or not, but I, I like to think I'm unbiased. Uh and and I have watched For My Sins uh every minute of the 15 games that they've played so far, um, which has been like some sort of torture at times. Um, but uh so so when I when I go through what I'm gonna go through in a minute, and uh, all three of us will get a chance to kind of chirp in. Um uh, but I've got quite a lot to go through. Uh, it is based across those 15 games. It's very easy to focus on the fact that they're on a, on a, well, I think it's now four game losing streak, um, but we're talking about 15 games here. And this 15 games is the reason why they're where they are where they are, which you know, just as we're recording the podcast, and it's Sunday the 14th of November right now, they are bottom of the Pacific Division. Uh, in a position that I, I don't think, and we talked about it before, JP, I, I don't think people expected them to be, in that position. I don't think they expect them to be that great, but they didn't expect them to be last.
1: Yeah. You and I and Max, we were all kind of pegging them to be more middle of the division, I think, is kind of what we were all expecting. Kind of like wild cardish kind of right on the edge of the playoff picture, is what I was that's what I was expecting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean of what I say probably means nothing, but you guys agreed with me <laughs> in the fact that it was to <laughs> yeah. wild a kind of place. Yeah. yeah, so I, I kind of broke down the 15 games into uh, let me have a look here four categories because um, I like I like structure so I, w- I wanted some structure to this and the first one and we, we it's it's the elephant in the room and, and no I don't have a jingle of an elephant like kind of trunk going or whatever but if I did I'd be using it <laughs> because goaltending is the elephant in the room um, you know I've been a big supporter of Philip Grubauer. Since he joined, I think the decision to go after him as a free agent was a no-brainer. I'm sure the only person who probably didn't like it in the organization was Drieger, because he was probably sat there thinking, I thought I was a starter, and now I'm not. Um, Up until he joined the Kraken, Grubauer's kind of save percentage of all time. so all of his NHL games put together, regardless of who he played for, Colorado, Washington, doesn't matter, all of it put together, he was a 920 save percentage across a lot of games. So this guy has shown that he can be consistent. So I know there's some group of our haters out there who will say, oh, but he had the Colorado defense in front of him, and he had the Washington defense in front of him, and that, that's fine, that's fine. And you, that, that is, you do have to take that into account. But the stats that I'm going to read through now... This includes uh, from that money puck that I was talking about. This includes a uh, adjusted save percentage and goals against, expected goals against, right, which which takes into account block shots, takes into account defense and all that kind of stuff. So when you're comparing like for like, almost as, as good as you can do, obviously. So look, it's, it's no, it's no kind of secret that Grubauer has been massively criticised since the season began. He's been taking a lot of heat in the Twitter world. Um, not by Seattle fans as much, but they've started to wane, obviously myself included. And um, but as we record this, he's played eleven games, um, or twelve now, but he played eleven games before this morning, um, or last last night, depending on where you are. Um, and he had a save percentage of eight eight two. And knowing the score from last night, because obviously I watched the game this morning, um, that had last you know this morning's game has not helped his save percentage <laughs> in the slightest. Um, but we know that in hockey, numbers can be pretty misleading. So I wanted to kind of deep dive into what actually are Grubauer's issues right now. Why is that save percentage so bad? Um, and as I said, when he joined, uh, he he joined from Colorado, and last year he had a 9.22 save percentage, and a goals against average of 1.95 in Colorado with the Colorado defense behind him. Um, now, the argument around the defence, there is a little bit of weight to that because the expected goals against average in Colorado was actually 2.08, which means that he's only 0.13 better last season than what he was expected to be based on the type of shots that he was facing. So going into that low, medium and high danger shots. But if you compare his expected goals against average, that still puts him in the same mix in terms of his performance last season with Ilya Sorokin... Chris Drieger, Tuka Rask, Cam Talbot. So these are all elite goalies. So certainly Rask, Sorokin, and and and, um, and Talbot are. So the reality is last year's last year. So what is, what's important is now. But you know, Grubauer wasn't a Vesna trophy candidate last year because he was at Colorado. You know, his his numbers do stack up. Um, but right now he has a goals against average. Uh, if you compare his goals against average now to his goals against average expected, he's 11 worse than he should be. So he's let in 11 goals to date that according to statistically, he shouldn't have let in, which for context here is the worst in the league um, and even worse than Carl Hutton in Arizona, um, who was so bad that he got dropped. Uh, you know, and, and let's be honest, Arizona have been pretty poor so i don't want to sugarcoat so what i'm talking about now when i when i'm talking about grew and his numbers i'm not trying to sugarcoat anything this is this is not rose tinted glasses yeah you know, there's no way of putting it at the moment grubel's numbers absolutely stink You know, he he let in two goals the other night um that he shouldn't have done uh and we've seen that consistently he's been letting in goals that i i think he should be saving Uh, So what I wanted to do was to look at those kind of low, medium, and high danger shots and where his kind of issues was. And and strangely, the big saves, as I would call them, those high danger shots, he's got a really strong save percentage. We're talking top 10 in the league in terms of the high danger shots. But it's those medium danger shots where his percentage just takes a complete nosedive. And that's where he is by far the worst in the league so far. So I'm keen to get your two thoughts in terms of Krubao, but for me, just to kind of summarise it, I think it's been a really poor start for him. It must be difficult swapping a defense for a defense, you know, going from Colorado to to the Kraken. Not about the pay at players and their quality, but it's just it's things that they do. You know, he'd he'd been at Colorado for a little while. It's not like he just turned it up there last year. He he was there for a while. Um so I think that plays a factor, but there's, there's no denying it i think if trigger was had been if he hadn't have been affected by covid earlier in the year i don't think rubel would have started all these games and you know, he it is at a point now where i think you have to play trigger and you have to rest him because his his numbers are that bad
1: yeah it's definitely a i think that's a that's a real that's a reality with goalkeepers i mean you heard me mention it earlier tonight uh earlier excuse me while we were talking um about the Knights, there's a, there's a sweet spot for goalies where they, where they're either playing a little too much or they're not quite playing enough. Mm. And, um, you know, like De Boer mentioned that Leonard was maybe playing a little too much and Brozois was not playing quite enough. And I think there's definitely an imbalance there right now with Grubauer for sure. Uh, it's not just the physical exhaustion. I don't think, I think it's also the mental, right? Like having to be up every, I mean, think about it. It's, playing, you know, sports at that level, uh, psychologically you have, to, you have to really find your zone and that's a, That can be exhausting, right? You kind of have to find this mental place where you're, you're sort of hyper-focused, but, but loose at the same time and goalkeepers, especially, uh, goalies. I keep saying goalkeepers cause I watched soccer last night, but, um, <laughs> goal goalies, I know you made. Um, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not the common term I know in hockey, but, um, goalies, um, Yeah, they, you know, it's, I think they, it's a higher pressure position. Mm. And so I don't think it's just physical. I think there's sort of a psychological exhaustion that can happen in that position more easily than other positions in hockey. And I feel like Grubauer is dealing with that a little bit. Also, new environment, right? New home, living in a new city. Yeah, he's, he's dealing with a lot. And, and the, the weight of the franchise in some ways is on his back a little bit. He's kind of the, right? The big star player that's expected to to bring glory. And um, I do think though, I don't think he'll be that. I don't think he's just going to stay that way. I think getting the backup back in there. Um, and I have some overarching overarching thoughts about Seattle as a franchise. I'm going to save those though, because I know you have some more stuff you want to cover, but I have kind of my overall thought on what's going on with the franchise right now. And I think when that gets cleaned up a little, I think his stats will go up as well but we'll i'll get to that in a minute because i don't want to uh, i don't want to get get ahead of you here so <laughs>
0: yeah no, that's fine that's that's fine I, I i i think what you just said there around around group hour is a really really good point in terms of the playing too much and the pressure because the last four games you know we, we lost four uh, or five four to arizona with obviously that goal 13 seconds after we tied it and we lost to vegas four two we lost to Anaheim, 7-4, but there was two empty net goals in that. And then we lost to Minnesota, 4-2, but again, there's an empty net goal in there. So in reality, we're losing close games as such. But, you know, when there is close games, the goalie must feel like, man, if only I'd have caught that shot and only if only that one hadn't have gone in, then then the team wouldn't... You know, it's almost like it's very easy for goalies to kind of blame themselves um, you know, they're, they're a strange breed at the best of times. But, uh, um, but I, I, statistically, Grubauer has not been under 900 in any year that he's been in the NHL. And statistically, he's not been under, I think it's 9.8 or 9.9. 9. Like he's been pretty consistent between 9.10 and 9.20. Now, yes, some of those years he was a backup but not all backups have those numbers. Not even, not all starters who were backups had those numbers when they were backups. So like he he isn't a bad goalie, but he is on a bad run. And there's no denying that. Um, the second bit I wanted to cover was around the team. Uh, and just some quick stats, um, just to put a, a kind of overall picture on where the team is at. So for goals four, we're at 2.86 which is 17th in the league and now all these stats were pre them in a game because obviously I had to do my prep before I watched it this morning um, but goals against average we are 3.64 which is 31st in the league the only team that's got a higher goals against average is anyone want to guess Arizona oh <laughs> there we go there we go if I could where is, <laughs> knew, it? There it, is. it there it is oh he's done it hold <laughs> well on well, that, goes on, that goes on for 36 <laughs> seconds. We're not running out yeah.
1: of yeah, well, How did you get it? was such a hard how guess, dude. <laughs> yeah. So um, random. I just just shot in the dark, you know.
0: So, the another disappointing statistic is face off wins. We're at 47.18, uh, which is the sixth lowest in the NHL. But for a bonus point, do anybody want to guess who it's better than?
1: Max, you go reasonable Coyotes Nope, well it might be but that wasn't the two I was thinking of A
0: little closer to JP's home uh, Golden Knights
1: Golden Knights I've got a worse okay. face-off
0: percentage than that okay. I know, yeah, I yeah, could not yeah. believe that
1: um, I, you know, under the circumstances, I, I could I could buy that the, the team is not winning the way it normally does, so it <laughs> doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, um, so that we mean, go. not in the fashion that they usually do. Right, they're winning different ways, so it's not not because the face offs great. That's for sure. Exactly, exactly. Now, this
0: these statistics are gonna blow your mind because I know I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say around the the issues that the team have. So when you hear these statistics, you're going to think, Jesus, okay, that doesn't seem to make sense. Um, So they've given 78 takeaways to their opponents, okay, which is the eighth best in the league. You're like, what? Really? Yep, it's the eighth Mm. best. Okay, now, okay, Mm. that's total. So there's going to be some bits in there because it's not an average. Some teams have played more games than others and all that kind of stuff. But I was expecting that to say 32nd. Let's be honest, not eighth. Um, And their percentage of their giveaways in the defensive zone is only 50%, which is the sixth best in the league. Um, Their power play hasn't yet turned up. It's currently at 9.3% after 14 games, which is 32nd in the league. So even Arizona have a better power play than we do. Even Vegas, Chicago, all these teams that have NAF power plays, although actually Chicago's is pretty good. Um, ours is not. It's 32nd. A penalty kill, we are at 80%, which is the 20th in the league. One of the other things we're topping, though, is penalty minutes as we have the second highest penalty minutes in the league, um, which is pretty, pretty shocking. So I want to flick it over. I've got some of bits in terms of player performances, which I wanted to cover, but I'm going to cover those after I've got your two thoughts. So um, JP, you said you had something you wanted to, to cover. So I'm going to let you take the floor and your thoughts of, of, this, of the Seattle Kraken and, and where they're at. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I, I love your analysis, Ian, because you're a, you know, you're a stats guy, a statistical guy. And, um, I appreciate the stats and I understand the stats. I have always been a little bit more of a philosophical guy when it comes to watching (laughs) sports. And I like to kind of speak about overarching trends and the psychology behind the game. And so maybe that's a, you know, it's a good combo because I can sort of speak to what I see there and whether this has any worth or not, it remains to be seen. But uh, this is kind of my thoughts on what what I think is going on with Seattle. So as an example, last year, in the uh, Western Conference Final, um, we saw this played out uh, to great effect, you know, Montreal frustrated everybody last year with that bend but don't break defensive style. It's like you just sit back. uh, And you know, nothing gets through, right? Like stingy defense that you can't get through Wait for the other team to make a mistake and pounce. And it's in the back of the net and Montreal was very comfortable winning games by one goal, right? Or tie game, tie game, tie game. And then they win one zero or two one. And that's the way the team was built. And it worked to great effect. I think Seattle is kind of built like that too. I think, I think they're built to win hockey games, to win close hockey games. Um, but the, and you know other teams have used that to great effect, right? Like Dallas and the Islanders. But I think for that style to work, like you have to have perfect structure. The structure just ha- your team. The structure has to be so solid in the back. There's very little margin for error with that style of play. Um, and the Islanders are a good example. They're super structured, and so they can they can they can use that style to success. What I see with Seattle here is the pieces are there. Their structure just isn't quite solid enough yet to be winning hockey games. Cause you think about it, if you're, if you're content to win a game by one goal, one mistake and you didn't win the game. Right. And I just don't feel like Seattle's built to be the kind of team that's going to be winning games by two or three goals. They're going to be winning by one. Um, but that defensive structure to me, that's, that's where they're, you know, they're falling short right now is the structure and the defensive systems are just not clicking yet. That being said, um, you know, they haven't, it's weird, right? Seattle, they they sort of can get leads, but they just can't hold on to them. (laughs) Yeah. Seen them get leads several times and you're like, Oh, see, I mean, against the Knights, the the last game against the Knights earlier this week, I thought for sure Seattle was going to take that game two periods in. I'm like, Seattle's the better team right now. So yeah, there's, I just think, I don't think they're that far off. I don't think the stats and the standings accurately depict where Seattle is likely to be by the end of the season. I think, like we've said, the parity in the league, sometimes a team is just one tweak away from starting to win. And I kind of, that's what I feel with Seattle. I just feel they're missing whatever their defensive systems, whatever's going wrong there. I don't think they're far from making it click. And if they can make it click, they're a tenacious team. And if they can get those leads and hold on to them, and that's been what I've seen, they just, they get, they can get a lead, but they, gosh, to, to save their lives, they cannot keep it. <laughs> they just can't keep it. Right. So I don't know. That's just my sort of philosophical idea on what I think is going on with Seattle. I don't think they're built to go out and pound, you know, trounce teams six to two like that's they don't have that kind of high octane offense but they can they can wait till you make a mistake score on you and then never let you score again I think that's kind of the that's the thinking behind the way the team is built and I think I've heard the coach even speak to that but um but yeah it's just it's obviously not there yet but it you know and then that's the other thing as soon as you get your defensive systems locked down all of a sudden Grubauer's numbers look amazing right like it's that symbiotic thing If the if the defense is clicking, all of a sudden the goal, the goalie's clicking and everybody's talking about how great Seattle is looking. That's just, that's a bold prediction, but I think at some point it's going to click and they're going to go on a, on a, a bit of a run, you know, like not, I don't mean playoff run necessarily, but I just mean like all of a sudden they're on a tear, like, oh wow, they won three in a row. They won four in a row. So yeah, just a theory. I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I'm feeling.
0: Oh, look, you know, I, I said at the beginning that I've, I've watched, you know, all the games, all the way through. Um, and I, I would say, I like you, I thought they were going to build built to be a team that would be difficult to play against. Mm. Wouldn't score many goals, weren't going to blow teams away, but were going to be the team you didn't want to face because you knew you were going to be in for a tough 60 minutes whether mm-hmm. you won it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And I think hitting-wise, that's what they're doing. That's why they got so many penalties. I think they are a very physical team at times. Um, and certain lines more so than others but defensively like they are very aggressive and surprisingly so like the the D are really part of the scoring production in the team and they play like that so both Dunn Mm. and Geo and a few of the others they're very high in the offensive zone when we've got the puck and quite a lot of the goals that we've let in and and two last night came from this exact same thing um, where it was a, a misplaced pass or there's a turnover in the neutral zone essentially and before you know it, it's a, it's a breakaway and it's a, a one-on-one and, and at the moment I, Grubauer looks like an unconfident goalie and and, and, it, and those sorts of chances they, they put it away I mean the two one-on-ones last night for example both times Grubauer kind of sunk very deep into his goal which which I felt Personally, in kind of those breakout scenarios, I, I prefer the goalies like your flurries and lunk this of this world that just kind of launch themselves at the, at the player. But um, so defensively, I, I just I don't quite know what it is that um, Dave Haskell wants the team to do. Maybe they're not doing it. But if we're set up to be defensively focused, I, I'm not quite sure why the D is quite so activated into the the offense and why their play quite so aggressive and quite so high because you just don't have the pace to yes. make it I mean, you know geos 38 you know i mean like so and it's rare for me to be able to talk about somebody who's older than myself but you know he's he's quicker than me but he's, he's not he's not gonna be as electric as you know as as as, as a these kind of young young speedy forwards so and arizona was the same you know we, we we lost we let too many too many breakers it's it, if I want to be specific here, it's, it's all around the transition and, and Vegas made an absolute killing the first year they were in the league by being good transition hockey team. So being able to turn defense into attack and hit people on the break with speed is why they were, there was lethal as they were and finish when you get there. Um, and I feel like we're just, we're just having that, that kind of played against us. Um, Max, from, from your size or anything you want to add to what jp and myself have said around so what's your what's your thoughts for, on the team today well
2: uh like GP said i completely agree with the fact that maybe they are not clicking yet uh you know it's it's um we, we kind of forget that it's all players that didn't play together or 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 just maybe one or two games together but they did never they never played together and it just um they are just grouped and expected to perform but i think they are getting to know each other's and it will maybe maybe they will do better during the season because they are kind of adapting to a new system that you know the coach needs to um implant his system uh, everybody needs a lot a knowledge system but not just a knowledge but understand it too, apply it and it's 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 really about knowing each other's and you know just focusing on the system and just by focusing on the system and they, they do have a good team on paper you know like like we said earlier in the year uh we thought it would it was a wild card team but uh yeah i, I just have a question for you guys because i haven't been following a lot of the kraken but is is dritger uh enjoyed right now
0: so he had um, he had COVID, um, oh, so he okay. was out with COVID for a little while. Um, and uh, Joey Decord came up from the AHL and, and played. I think he played two games. Um, but it's all been on Grubauer, and, and, and that's why I really I really like what JP said. I, I think Grubauer's it has been on his shoulders a little bit, um, and this is this is probably I would say it's the first time that he's gone into a high pressured. Environment because you know Colorado wanted you know they they want to win. So this is, he didn't go into Colorado as a starter with with no pressure on his shoulders. I mean this this guy's an elite athlete. You know they, 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 they as we were talking with Carrie Price earlier, these guys deal with pressure and expectation every day. So I, I, I don't think he's he's not. There's no issue with him being able to cope with the pressure of being the Seattle starter. I just think you know he's blown a few tires and and you know there was two goals against Anaheim there was one that like crept through between his arm and his body when he kind of tucked his arms in on the shot to get close to the post and it kind of slipped through and you could you, you know you you know I mean Fleury was is always the classic because he's he's normally the guy that he, he goes off and he skates off to his corner and does his little routine but when he's really annoyed the stick is getting smashed you know normally on top of the on top of the of, of the net but you could just see in Grubauer's face when he looked round, he saw the puck in the net, just that, is anything going to go right for me kind of thought. And you know, I, I know that I probably do delve into detail a little too much for the stats, but there's a lot of solace to be taken in the fact that actually on the big saves, Grubauer is making them. Um, you know, and, and they're the sort of saves that not all goalies can make. You know, the Robin Lenners, the Cam Talbots, the, um, you know, most uh, got from most markstrom these kind of goalies can can do that so um yeah I, I think it's 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 gonna be a temporary issue, but it doesn't help and once you and vegas when they came into the league, they rode a feeling you know at first it was it was the vegas strong feeling and they were playing for more than just a win on the ice. And then when they started winning, it becomes habitual and, and you feel that every night for the Kraken, you know, th- losing is becoming a habit, which is, which is a worrying, a worrying place to be. Um, but, uh, but it, it can change it can change pretty quick I mean just look at look at the Vegas golden Knights and the you know they, they were they wanted to burn the fortress down a couple of a weeks ago because the you know, the team was not performing and then now you' like you said you won eight of ten so things can change change pretty quick I mean just to pick up on the player performances as the last piece before we can kind of' all give our final thoughts but because there are some some good and bad individual performances on the ice it's easy to look at a team um but just you know Kind of turning a frown upside down. There's been some great starts. I mean, uh, known to the Seattle faithful as turbo, but Brandon Tanev has been fantastic as, as a Kraken. Like he looks like a top six forward, which is weird for a player who, when he signed at Pittsburgh, a lot of Pittsburgh fans that I, that I know were really unhappy when he signed that deal. Cause they felt that was wasted cap space for a guy who was a bottom six, kind of only there to hit kind of guy. and, He's he going through what we're going through now in terms of the kind of bad bad streak, losing streak. You know, bad feeling in the locker room. He's exactly the kind of guy you want because there's I there's I cannot say that anybody on the ice has not given a hundred percent in all the games I've watched. I've not seen anybody slump shoulders. You know, players like Tanov have given you know more than hundred um, percent. Jared McCann's another one, obviously an RFA this year. So he his expected goals based on the shots that he's had was 1.8, and the guy's got six goals, and I think he scored again last night uh, from memory. So um, like he he's again been really really good. It looks like a top six forward, uh, and Yanni Gord's fit in quite well. So there are there are certainly some positives, um, but there are there are players that are struggling. You know, Vince Dunn is struggling. He's he's given away a lot of the goals that we're talking about earlier. The costly turnovers, it, it has been him. His, his plus minus looks pretty bad right now. Um, I mean, his uh, giveaway led to the Vancouver goal. You know, the the connor Gar- the uh of Garland one that we were talking around. Uh, you know, the one where he stared the fan down when he went back to the bench <laughs> after the yeah. fan had been giving him some some jibes. Mm. Um, Like that was a, a Vince Dunn turnover, and uh, Giordano's had a few of those as well, which is which is difficult. Um, Don Skoy still yet to get a goal. And this is a guy who scored 20 plus goals last season. Looked like he was going to be a big production player for us. So there are a few players that will be sat in that locker room right now knowing that they can they can be better. They can do better for the team.
2: I think a Young um, Rock has like zero goals, zero assists.
0: Uh, am, am I right? He's, he's Yeah, he's been poor, man. I mean, he, he's yeah. been... Um, yeah, he's one of those where, because again, it's very quick to, uh, and a lot of these people that are, are very vocal on Twitter, they're probably not, they're not really Seattle fans as such. Some of the fans are obviously, and they're, they're, it's fine to be vocal on Twitter, I've got nothing against that. Um, but like, you know, we're saying, oh, we shouldn't have took, we shouldn't have taken this team, we should have took different players in the expansion draft. I mean, A, who cares, right, doesn't matter now, tough. Uh, and, and and B, you know, hindsight is is always a wonderful thing, and People like Yankroke. Well, they obviously didn't really want to take him, but the way that Nashville played their hand, they made it so there really wasn't anybody else to take other than him because they were able to protect Fabro and um, Ekholm and, and Yossi and others. So, um, I want to get your two thoughts, final thoughts uh, on the Kraken before I before I give mine. But JP, coming to you first, mate. So. So any, any kind of final thoughts or any kind of final things you want to say on, on the Kraken's performance today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting because <clears throat> you said, it sounds to me like maybe they're not playing necessarily. The defense isn't necessarily playing to that style mm. that it at least feels to me like that they're built for. Um, but I was just looking at, the, at their scores. I just kind of was looking at the over overview of the season so far. And yeah when they win, it's it's not by a ton, right? Mm-hmm. They do win by one goal quite a bit by the looks at it. I mean there's not a ton of wins in there, but the wins that are there, they're close games. Mm-hmm. And when they lose, they generally lose by several. I'm looking at it. And mm-hmm. it just I come back to they're just leaky in the back, right? That, that's just how it feels to me. they're They're just leaky back there. Leaky on defense, a little leaky in net. That's the, I, I, they, they've shown an ability to score. Like it's, the, I don't think they're necessarily lacking in the offense that they would need to make this system work. So they've just got to figure out how to tighten up those leaks. <laughs> like you said, I don't know if it's the defense joining on the rush, but um, I mean, it, it, right. It's easy for me to sit here and oversimplify what's going on. But like you said, it's not really a work ethic thing. Every time I've watched mm-hmm. them play, they're bought, they're all bought in like they're, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're giving it their all, but it seems like a systems weakness to me. Yeah. There's just something not clicking particularly with the defense. And I think, yeah, I don't even think it's all Grubauer's numbers. I think some of it is, is that, yeah, it's, it all works together. So, um, yeah, yeah I think that's, but that when they, whether they stumble across that through coaching or whether they stumble across it by, cause sometimes it just clicks by accident. Right? sometimes like a few players are like oh i get it I, I see what you're doing now and you know then they figure it out and and i th- feel like when that happens we're gonna see them start winning uh, mm-hmm. more often right like they'll start winning more at like a one out of every two clip or even a little bit better right um which is what it takes i think to start gaining confidence i think that's the other issue right now you know it's all symbiotic but if they if they can win if they can pop off two or three in a row at some point I think that's the other thing. Their psychology will change a little bit too. Yeah, so I don't think they're far from that as dark as it might feel. Because I, when I watch them, I, I'm like, oh wow, these guys are actually these guys can be a dangerous team, right? It's just they can't they can't be dangerous consistently for three periods yet, right? It's just it's mm-hmm. not quite there. But like Max said, I mean, geez, these guys just started playing together. What are they, how many games in thirteen something? It's not we're not that far in yet, so. Mm, Um, i think you know for seattle kraken fans i think a little patience is probably fair you Mm. know (laughs) give them a little more time um but i'm still positive on on the kraken i'm i'm curious to see i really am curious to see if they can get the defense figured out that's where it's at for me Mm. yep yep fair points fair points um
0: max any final thoughts from yourself
2: um I really uh, during, during the time GP was talking I really talked about this and um even though they are not performing this year I'd really like them to have a top 5 draft pick this year because Matthew uh, Mathieu Bernier is an is an absolute uh, he is really good at hockey really really one and I, I I do think that having a young duo with uh with with a good potential uh, could be good for the franchise because um they are not built like the vegas golden knights where it was kind of a win now situation because uh, they they do have some good uh good good depth in the roster but they don't they don't have this uh kind of uh game-changing players that are required to go far anyway if you want to reach the playoffs so in my opinion i'd like to see them have another top five draft pick this year and maybe looking forward to build uh, on those two
0: guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, to be honest, maybe you don't like this idea, but <laughs> no, 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 I, I do. I do. And that, Cause that's kind of, I wanted to kind of finish. Um, <clears throat> and the reason I left myself to last is I wanted to kind of say my piece to obviously all of our listeners, um, and thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, and for those of you dedicated listeners as well, we, we, we we've got the analytics. And as JP was saying earlier, I'm, I'm not just a saddo when it comes to hockey analytics. I'm as sad when it comes to to podcast analytics as well. Um, so we see, you know, how people coming back and going back and listening to older episodes as well, which is which is great. So thanks to everybody who does who listens to any of our any of our stuff. Um, but I want to kind of direct this at. The Kraken fans, when I want to say this piece. Okay. Um, because what you just said, then Max, and what JP was saying before, you know, I think there's a lot to be positive about. There's a lot to be happy about. I mean, look, that, as somebody who sat at four o'clock in the morning, UK time, watching a goal squeak through Grubauer's pads, you know, like, and trying not to scream at four o'clock in the morning and wake my wife up, you know, it's, I feel the frustration like any of us do. But here's a couple of things I wanted to leave. Kraken fans, with so first point is as JP you said it yourself, it's 15 games of 82. A lot can change right now, good and bad. There's just we can we could get a lot worse, <laughs> but let's stay positive. It's 15 games in. Um, it's our first year in the league, and the reality is we know because we talked about it in our in our pre-season podcasts We knew the Kraken weren't going to be blowing anybody's minds, like we said. We thought they were going to be built to be tough to play against and it was going to be wild card. And we also thought other teams in the division, excuse me, were going to be worse than they are. So I think given that the Ducks are playing better, the Kings are playing better, I think it's only to be expected that we find ourselves bottom of the pack. Um other positives are the the draft class that we had last year to cover um Bernier. So Matthew Bernier is currently playing in the NCAA for the University of Michigan, and he has 15 points in 12 games, uh, nine goals. So he is looking as good as he did before he was drafted, uh, and I think he'll be in the NHL next season. You know, I, I think his kind of progression now, and I know he wanted to, you know, they, they didn't want to bring him in too quickly, but I think next season, I would I would expect to see Bernier in that lineup somewhere. But this year's draft is also stacked. And I'm not just talking about Shane Wright. Obviously, Shane Wright is the franchise player that everybody wants. But actually, after Shane Wright, you've got 10, 15 solid. I mean, the first round in its entirety in in the draft this year looks really, really good. People like Logan Cooley, you know. Seems casey like this this you know we'll do an episode on the draft later in the year but there were so many young guys europeans as well as a few really really solid europeans that are going to be in the draft this year so as, as you said max if we end up with a top five pick that's not a bad year that's a, that's a productive year um and we have pieces that we can move you know if things don't improve We're not tied into all these deals like Donskoy, Yarncroke, Susi. These are people we can move. And even the no-trade clauses for the deals we signed recently, and I don't expect players like Alexiak to get moved, by the way, but if they wanted to, they can. So we're not really tied to anything. Um, The goaltender woes we've talked about, they're unlikely to last all season. Uh, Gru has proved that he is you know, an elite level goalie. He's not carry price, but he's proven that he is a starter and, and you know, form is, his temporary. Uh, talent is his permanent, whatever the phrase is. So I, I don't think, you know, we're going to have to worry about him for too much. And there are positives on the ice as well. Tane of McCann, things that I've mentioned before, but I think as a fan base, Seattle fans need to be realistic, about their expectations for this season, and therefore not get too downhearted when we if we don't make the playoffs, because I don't think it was a realistic expectation at the start. Um, and and finally, remember that the best asset for the team was and still is cap space, because nobody has it right now. Teams are going to have even less of it next season. And and as, according to Cap Friendly, we've got 26 million to play with next season, and that's before you move someone like Carson Susie, who's got a two point whatever million deal next year. So, you know, Seattle's in a good place. They've taken a different road to Vegas. I've said that numerous times on this podcast. They're taking a different road. Vegas's was the yellow brick road. Ours is like this kind of scenic route, where there's maybe a few more twists and turns. <laughs> but um, but you know, but it's the same destination. Hopefully. Um, so for me, it's as simple as the team will keep going until January. I don't expect them to make any trades this side of this side of Christmas, um, and then if it gets no better and we're still in a bad place come the beginning of twenty twenty two, that's when stuff will start getting moved, and the journey stays the same. You know, we just do what we can do to become a better team next year, which arguably was always probably the goal. Um, so that's that's my thoughts man I don't think it's as bad it's not all bad you know there are some positives to be taken for the team and it's it's tough for those you know the fans that are actually in the climate pledge arena um you know you they'll want to see the team winning of course they do they want to hear lithium being played when the team score and even when we were losing against Minnesota and we scored the goal the whole place started rocking again and and the, and the fans look like they have an absolute you know amazing time there which is which is great because that's what you know part of hockey is that experience when you're when you're there watching your team so um there's a lot of positives to be taken but on the ice it's it's tough it's uh it's tough right it's not a disaster but it's it's tough so
1: great thing about hockey is it, it can it can things can change quickly and um so there's that's it's always you know short memory right you have a rough game there's always next game, and uh, um, you know, it's uh, you don't have to stay sad for long because you always yeah. get another shot at it within a day or two. So, exactly. <laughs> um, and for just please, for for my sake, Kraken, please,
0: please beat Chicago in the week. Otherwise, <laughs> my wife gets bragging rights until we play again, which is a long uh. time. <laughs> so, and you know, and you know, I like living in this household, so I'd, I'd, I'd quite like it to <laughs> just to stay amicable, <laughs> which would which would be nice. <laughs> um, but there you go. So I'm not sure we fixed the Kraken or given anybody. Hopefully we've given you guys some insights into it. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So um, you know that the three of us, obviously Max um, more so in French than, than English, but <clears throat> all three of us are active on, on Twitter. So if you want to get involved with the show that way you can, um, you know, we're all about the interaction here. So, so keep, keep them coming. We know some of you give us feedback on episodes, which we, we absolutely love. so, don't stop doing that um and uh and yeah so look that that wraps us up for this week um as i said if you're listening to this uh it's released on a monday which means it's the beginning of a new week and you as jp said the beauty of sports is that sometimes memories are short so let's see see where the crack can go for then um until then stay safe stay well uh if you want to check out anything else to do with the show go to www.theoffensivezone.com Thank you for listening, as always, and we will see you guys next week. I'm gonna go
2: back to my water problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Max is gonna go for a swim in his kitchen. (laughs) uh, So, (laughs) until then, guys, we'll see you later. All right, (laughs) bye bye. (laughs)